Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will just touch the very recesses of our heart and that it will get up great root and that it will grow up and to be a mighty oak into our lives. We thank you. We honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are going into a brand new series based upon Psalms 23 entitled, I Shall Not Want. Psalms 23, I Shall Not Want. Now, for those of y'all that are being analytical, one of the letters of the book of Psalms is a psalm. So that's why there's no S on Psalms 23. It's not 23 psalms. It's a one psalm, and its number is 23. I just had to say that because I don't want that. Somebody send me a note. It's one of the letters in the book of Psalms is a psalm. That's why there's no S on our title. Because it's Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. But y'all country folks put S on everything. So y'all say Psalms. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just saying how we do. And so, it's the 23rd Psalm. A song... Oh, before I do that, let me tell you. So my sub, my sub uh, definition or my subtopic for uh, today is going to be called the way of contentment. The way of contentment, and we're going to look at Psalm twenty-three and see how David discovered, or, or David had this understanding that God was worthy to be trusted. And God alone was worthy to be a provider. Nothing else, some things could provide and some things could be trusted, but he understood how God alone was the ultimate provider, was the ultimate person to be trusted. Because of the relationship that they had, he knew that God was there. And that God would be there. And so we're going to take four weeks and just stay in this psalm because it is one of the most read chapters in the Bible. And when we get to the fourth episode, we'll go a little bit deeper. But just today, I just want to do a little something, something with y'all and just talk about the way of contentment. So let's first talk about definitions. Our first definition is psalm. A psalm is a sacred song or hymn. A song composed on a divine subject and in praise of God. The next word is want. Want means there's a deficiency, a defect, the absence of that which is necessary or useful. That's why we say I shall not want because... God is a provider. Contentment. Contentment is a resting 
or satisf satisfaction of mind without disquiet, acquiescence, gratification. Well, so what that means is that you're content in whatever's going on because you know everything is taken care of. So we're going to talk about today the way of contentment. Let's look at this Psalms 23. And some of y'all probably already know it, but we're going to go through it anyway. Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6, goes like this. This is the English Standard Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, bless your word. Let it fall upon the good soul of our hearts in Jesus' name. Now, today, I want us just to, to, to go one step, and we're just going to hang out in the first verse just for a little bit. The first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when we look at this situation, we see that J David is looking at God and saying that, God is a shepherd. And if I could get you in your mind to think about a shepherd. Some of you will see a person walking with their staff and the, the sheep are around them and they're out in the meadows and just walking around and everything's peaceful and everything is lovely. And some other, uh, some other of us will see some folks that are sitting there on a rock and looking at the sheep and watching over the sheep as they do their business. But I also want to bring up that the shepherd also was a defender. The hook that they carried was not only to help them to guide the sheep, but it was also to help them to defend the sheep. It was not only there for them to uh, walk along, but it was also there to help them go up to the steep areas when the sheep done walked off and gotten themselves in a place where they shouldn't be. You know, sometimes I think that the best example of a sheep for a human is like a toddler. A toddler will just go and do something and just realize, I probably shouldn't have done this. And then you have to come and rescue them. Which brings me to a story of uh, my, my wife and her friend, they were at, uh, I can't remember what store, but they were at a store with, uh, it had an escalator. And my son, talked my daughter into 
holding on to the escalator rail on the outside. And uh, my son watched my daughter elevate, elevate on the rail. And then he ran and told my wife, look at Yvette. Yvette was sailing to the upper floors of whatever restaurant, I mean, whatever place they were. That's the kind of stuff that sheep do. They, they just get out there and just do things and, and don't even think about the consequences until they get that whooping afterwards for telling their sister to do those type of things. I told her. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm, I'm getting some feedback that I'm, I'm telling the story in my own version, and my, and my version may be a little bit uh, wrong, but I, I'm just I'm gonna stick with my version because it sounds best. My version is always the best version. So as there, as just like. Uh, children don't really understand the gravity of, of, of actions and, and, and they don't understand what's going on but they'll still try to do it. I remember one time we were uh, going to watch a basketball game. My grandsons were playing basketball and actually the birthday boy saw me getting out of my car and we were a little bit apart. I'll never forget this because it, it was, it was the grace of God. And this fool was driving his truck very, very fast. And I didn't have a chance just, but just to open my mouth because my grandson saw me, so he's getting ready to run to me. And uh, his, I think his mom grabbed him at the last second. If she wouldn't have grabbed him, he would have got hit by that car, by that truck. And that would not have been a good day. But he... You know what? Even after that, he still waited for me to get across the street and hug me. It's like he didn't even know what was happening. Because that's how sheep are. Sheep are not worried about nothing. They're just like, somebody's going to take care of me. Something's going to happen to take care of me. And, and, and that is what David was saying. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He, when, I, when I'm doing crazy stuff, he uncrazy it for me. When I do stupid stuff, he make it sane. When I, when I do things that I shouldn't do, he comes alongside me and guides me. And because of this, what's the next thing he says? I shall not want. I shall always be content. Why? Because the way of contentment is understanding that the Lord is my shepherd. He's watching over me. He's keeping me. And sometimes when I get myself into a crazy situation, he steps in and makes it sane. When I step into that situation that looks dark, he comes in and brings light. When I am feeling like there's no other way out, he becomes the light at the end of the tunnel so I have direction. The Lord is my shepherd. He watches over. He keeps and, 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 and he 
Make sure that things are in position. So I, I, I really have no need to have a, I, I have no desire or I have no reason to have a want. Why? Because he keeps me in every situation. He watches over me in every situation. He even lets me go and do those things just so I can prove to myself that I'm just as dumb as I thought I was because I thought I had it all together, but then he says, come here and let's have a conversation. Now, that's how the Lord talked to me. Come here and let me talk to you. Now, he may be a little bit more, a little bit different with you, but I, I get to talk to and why would you do something like that? And so as we look at this, just the very first script, very first verse of this, it comes out saying, the Lord is. The Lord is. It doesn't say mom is. It doesn't say dad is. It doesn't say brother. It doesn't say sister. It says the Lord. All these other people may have some effect in my life, but the Lord is everything that I need. And this whole 23rd Psalm tells us that he is there for us in every situation. He'll be with us in every situation. His desire is to make us know that he's got us and he will keep us in every situation. Sometimes we just think that we're all in this by ourselves and that's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think that you're doing all this by yourself, that no one is on your side, and no one wants to help you, no one wants to assist you, but if you would just take a minute and realize that you have no want when you're in Christ Jesus, that he will be with you. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will be with you to the end of the age, the end of the, he's with you no matter what you are going through. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes, Lord. He watches over. He protects. He makes sure that everything is taken care of. We didn't talk about at the end of the day when, when it's time to, to, uh, to call it a day that the shepherd comes in and he takes the sheep and he places them in the sheep's pen. Now the funny thing about this, a lot of people didn't know, don't know this, but most shepherd's pens, they don't have a gate. They have an opening. And the shepherd lays across the opening because sheep, again, sheep ain't the smartest <laughs> folks. If you had a gate right there in the morning, it'd probably have like three or four heads stuck in there because they done tried to get through it. But they would lay in the, in the opening so when the sheep tries to go out, it would encounter the shepherd instead of something that could cause hazard to them. The, sh the shepherd knows everything about all the sheep. And that's why Jesus was, was, was able to say he could take his hundred sheep out there and if the hundredth one got lost. He could take the other 99 back, leave them somewhere, 
and know that they will be protected and go get the ornery number one and, and, and go get him and bring him back because he knows his sheep. The, the, the significant thing about being this shepherd is the fact that Jesus even says that I am the good shepherd. I am the chief shepherd. He says, ain't nobody shepherding like I shepherd. If you want to know how to shepherd, just watch how Jesus does his shepherding. And so as we look at how this thing works out, we see that a, a shepherd is an overseer. He watches out for. Now, the, the significant thing of, I think David was bringing out about this is when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, he realizes that I, having have been a shepherd, understand all the work yes. that it requires. The folks did, folks did not understand how hard shepherding was. Everybody just knew they didn't want to do it. Why? Because when you hang out with the sheep, guess what? You pick up the sheep's scent. I ain't going to say it. The sheep stink, but they, they don't have the greatest of odors. The sheep don't know how. They, they ain't smart like pigs and go at least waddle in mud. They'll just go lay in the mud and then get have it hanging off of them and, and then don't go get in the water to wash it off because they don't know no better. They're just moving around. They, they're not the most cognizant of the animals. But God compares us to sheep. So we that think we the smartest in the bunch, it's very easy to be the smartest when it ain't that much intelligence going around. Now, I ain't trying to talk about nobody. I'm just making an observation. So if you have a situation whereby you are feeling as if you are the smartest in the room, then you, number one, need to go find another room. Because if you're the smartest one in the room, that doesn't say much for the room. Now, I ain't trying to shoot you down, but I'm saying you should hang around folks that are a little bit smarter than you so that you can find more information and get a better understanding and improve yourself. When you are in the, the smartest one in the room, then that means you're the limit to the ability for you to grow. So we want to be around folks that are smarter than us. I know y'all thought I was still talking about sheep. I, I wasn't. I was talking about you. I mean, not you, but talking about people. Mm. Okay, family already knows me. All right. I was talking about you. But anyway, what we, what we want to do is be, we want to realize how patient God is with his sheep. How desirous he is for the success of his sheep. Yes, yes. How wonderful and patient and kind and loving. He wants our, the sheep to feel that they have no wants. Sheep don't know what they need. They just know that all they need is met. And sometimes we get wrapped around God fulfilling our needs 
and we look and see what someone else has, and then we say, how come I didn't get that? Now, I'm really not talking about nobody, but this is just going through my mind right now. Sometimes it is very hard for us to be happy with what we have because we're looking at what somebody else has. And I want to encourage you. If you learn how to be content with what you have, and listen, I'm not saying being settled. I'm saying be content. This is what I have at the moment, and I thank God that I have what I have. But I have a younger sister, and every Christmas in her single-digit years, she got a whooping because she was not content with the 50,000 presents that she got almost every Christmas because she wanted something else. And if we can get our minds and just be thankful for what I have and be content. God, if this is all that I'm going to have, I'm happy with what I have. I'm glad you thought of me for what I have. And what I have is what I have. I'm just okay with it. Paul flipped it like this. He said, I've had much and I've had little. But the one thing I've learned is to be content no matter what. If I don't have nothing, I'm content because I know who I am in Jesus. If I have a lot, I know who I am because I have. I, I'm content because I know who I am in Jesus. It's not based upon what I have. It's based upon who has me. Y'all catch that tomorrow morning also. Because sometimes we are looking at what I can do instead of relishing in the fact that I can rest in Jesus. My concerns, I can cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me. Because he is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. My, one of my mentors would say, I am not the shepherd. I'm the under shepherd. I am under Jesus because Jesus is the good chief shepherd. Amen. Amen. When you think you're as good as a shepherd, then you might have some issues. But when you understand that you are subordinate to the shepherd, and the shepherd already has established a way for us to act, react, and conduct ourselves, then you will probably change how you do business. Because it's not about you, it's about him. Because the Lord is my shepherd. So if we see God as our shepherd, we should have the, the, these emotions. We should have the, the, this, this, this feeling of, of peace, of, of confidence, of rest. Why? Because God's got everything under control. God's got all things in his hands. God can do what no one else can do. What might be impossible for man is possible with God. Jesus said, not only am I the chief shepherd, not only am I the shepherd, the chief shepherd, but he says, I'm the good shepherd. And he makes sure that we understand that he is a shepherd that is looking out for the good of those that are under his care. So, 
think about this. When David uses the Lord is my shepherd, he is, he is using a, a word picture that brings out the most comprehensive, the most intimate metaphor of who God is. When you think about the shepherd and all that the shepherd goes through. Now, David in other, in other psalms calls him the king, calls him the strong tower, calls him the, shelf, uh, the, the, uh, the shield. I mean, he has all these other metaphors. But when he gets into this psalm, he gets so intimate because everybody understood what a shepherd did. Everyone understood what a shepherd can do. Everyone understood the responsibilities of a shepherd. And he did not just make it impersonal. He made it very intimate. Because he wanted us to know that the way of contentment for us is to recognize that God is my shepherd. He's got me. He's got me. He's got me. And that he is going to watch over me. And he's watching over, as the Bible says, he's watching over his word that's in us. To cause us to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. He's working things out in us. And he's guiding us. And he's doing things that are necessary. He is everything that we need. He's our guide when we need direction. When we're sick, he's our physician. When we get ourselves in a crazy situation, he's our protector. Yes. Everything we need, he is just that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so if we would really look at this, we, we, would, we should say that the one the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who both authorized and he sustains life. He does. He got us from the beginning all the way to the end. He's got everything covered. He's, we should not see him as distant or, or far removed from us. He's right there beside you at all times. When you're going through, guess what? He going right through with you. Amen. Ask them three Hebrew boys what happened. Them three Hebrew boys got up there, got thrown in that fiery furnace, and next thing they know, the king looks in there and says, I thought we only threw three guys in there, but I see four. And they just in there walking around like they ain't even feeling the heat. Why? Because he was with them even in the midst of the fiery furnace, you should have knew something was up when the guys that threw them in got killed and they just walked on in there. So, you know, it's just, it's just how we have to look at it. That we have to remember that God is right there at the heart of our experiences. But then that makes you ask the question. All experiences, every single one. What about when I stubbed my toe? He was right there. What about when that person hurt my feelings? He was still right there. What about this adverse situation that happened? He was still right there. 
Jesus says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's not only the top shepherd. He's the good top shepherd. And he will make sure that he shepherds us in every aspect of our lives. And so if we realize that we cannot live this life ourselves, that we need help. Because we're going to stick our head through the fence and get it stuck. We're going to do things that are going to put us in precarious situations. But we need someone there to help us along the way. I don't know if any of y'all have ever uh, stuck your head in between two slacks on a, on a, on a staircase and realized that your ears will not let you pull your head back because your ears will expand out because they get caught and so your head will be stuck. I, I've only seen it happen on TV. I haven't had the real life experience because I would have been laughing my, I'm oh, sorry, I would have been, uh, been helping them as quickly as I possibly could. I would not have. I would have been laughing, talking about, look at you. So, I'm not listening to that right now. The thing, the thing about this is, even in those situations, he comes lovingly and tenderly and helps you make the adjustments so that you are no longer stuck. Now, I use that as an example, but there are some of us that are stuck mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in certain places. And all we have to do is call on Jesus. Stop struggling. Stop fighting. The Bible says that if you will cast your care on him because he cares for you, that he will give you a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. He'll take the heaviness of, of whatever is bothering you off of you and put it upon himself and give you a spirit of ease and comfort to help you through your situation. But some of us are just like those sheep. You pull the head out of the fence one time, the next day, it'll be right back through that fence. And guess what the shepherd does? Pulls his head right back out. So I don't want you to get discouraged if it seems like you keep falling and slipping and falling. Jesus said he'll be there. He will not forsake you. He will be with you. Your mother, your father, your friends may all forsake you. But the Lord will lift you up. He'll be with you. Even till the end of the age. That is why I subtitled the way of contentment. If you can just be content in knowing God's got my back. Sometimes we lose our contentment because we try to have our own back. Have you ever tried to have your own back? 
Yes, you had. Don't even try to tell that lie. You tried to have your own back. <laughs> Try to have your own back. I got this. Lord, you just sit over there. I got this. And then next thing you know, you're like, Lord, are you still there? Can you help me? And then you know how you you know how if it's your brother and sister, they'd be like, You got yourself in it. Get yourself out. But the Lord just walks over there. If it's in mud, he walks through the mud. Whatever you're in, he comes into the middle of it, right where you are. And does not condemn. He helps you out and then takes you to the side. And doesn't bring it up. That ain't how family do, but that's how the Lord does. That's not how people will do you. How many times I got to help you? That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'll help you as many times as you need because I want you to have victory over this. The way of contentment is to trust God as your shepherd. And he's watching over you, keeping you in all things because that is his desire for you to walk in peace, to walk in love, to walk in his truth knowing that he will protect you, knowing that he will help you in anything that you're going through. Now, if you don't have Jesus in your life, this is a very complex situation. And the reason I say that is because to have the connection to understand that the Lord is your shepherd you need to have a relationship with him. You may be able to have a mental understanding, but a spiritual understanding of just how deep this goes is based upon having that relationship with him. Now, there's not a difficult thing if you desire to have this type of situation in your life where you know the Lord is your shepherd, then all you have to do is accept the gift that he has for you. And the gift that he has for you is his son. Jesus, who we just celebrated his resurrection last week, we celebrated the fact that because he was obedient to God unto death, that God has given him a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And Jesus says that if you come to me, that I will come to you and we will sup together, which means we will fellowship together and we will be as one. And it's not a hard thing because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And again, saved means to be rescued or delivered. You're being rescued and delivered from the penalty and the power of sin. And so what must you do? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. For the Bible says that with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Then it even goes on to say, For everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is for you today, so that you can be delivered and rescued 
from the power of sin and the penalty of sin and ultimately the presence of sin. Now, this is not just on you per se because when you make this decision, we want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. And so we say it like this. This is not an individual event. This is a team sport. So we'll come alongside you and assist you with this journey of living as a kingdom citizen, a kingdom of heaven. And with that being said, so once you have made this decision, let us know by contacting us at info at godshousecc.com. That's our email. Or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know that you've made that decision no matter where you are in the world. And we will reply and come alongside you and assist you along this journey. Well, friends and family, that's episode number one of Psalms 23, I Shall Not Want, The Way of Contentment. And we're going to stay on this for the next couple of weeks, so read it a couple of times, because next week we're going to start saying it all together. The whole song. One through six, all together. Y'all be ready for that? All right. Mm-hmm. Now, don't skip church just because you don't remember it. Just come on. We're gonna, you're going to be all right. All right? Well, with that said, until next week. God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.